0: You're listening to a powerful message from the Overcomers Church World Outreach. We believe the Word of God you receive today will bring restoration and transformation to your life. We invite you to worship with us. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. God bless you as you listen to His Word in Jesus' name.
1: God bless you and welcome to this virtual edition of the Jericho Experience, themed Never Again, Part 2. The focus of this program is the family. And by the grace of God, I'd like to speak, focusing on an area of the family that is not too often addressed and is of critical, crucial importance. The role of a father, the legacy of a father in a family. This is a topic that I have great interest in. It's a topic upon which the entire dynamics of a family's success hangs. The key scriptures I'll be using today, Ephesians 5 verse 1, and I'll be reading from the Amplified Version. Therefore, be imitators of God, copy him and follow his example, as well-beloved children imitate their father. Therefore, be imitators of God, copy him and follow his example, as well-beloved children imitate their father. Billy Graham, the great evangelist, said, a good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our society. So who or what is a father? Well, the grouchy one that frowns when he comes in, local Hitler in the house, all kinds of definitions. And definitions have been put up by various people, the children, the mom, the relations in a family with reference to who the father is. But the father is a gem, multifaceted, but little known, probably sometimes a diamond in the rough, or he should be. And he is many things, and so can't be described by just one definition, So the father needs to be in a family. These things that will follow. And in various degrees, at various times, he wears multiple hats, exchanges them from time to time, and must know when to be what. The father, for example, is the teacher in the home, teaching his kids, among other things, to fear God. For the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Proverbs 1.7. Psalms 11110. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Teaching the children to love God. Mark 12.30. Thou shalt love the love thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, with all thy mind and with all thy strength. this is the first commandment. And it's a father's duty to teach that to his children the Christian father. Teaching them, number three, to obey and walk in the ways of the Lord. You can read from Proverbs 3 all the way from verse 1, but I read 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. It is a father's duty to teach children to listen to, the instructions of God, read the word and comply, obey, discover and obey the will of God. You know, God emphatically taught me this some years ago. I was doing a teaching with some young kids and um, it was raining cats and dogs on a zinc roof. The noise was incredible. They could hardly hear me. And it came over me and I said to them, do you think God wants you to hear what I'm saying? They said, yes. I said, do you believe God is so interested in your learning what I'm teaching you about him so that you know and obey him that he could stop this rain so that you'd hear me clearly? I was shouting and they heard me and they said, yes, they did. I said, let's all pray and ask God to please stop this rain so that you can hear because you need to know his will and to obey. And they started praying. One minute into the prayer. It was as if the taps were turned off in heaven. Instantly, there was a deafening and frightening stillness everywhere. You could have heard a pin drop. The awe in the lives of the children that day and in mine was real. That's how much God wants you to be as a father figure, the one that teaches, seek his will, find his will, obey his will, And he confirmed it with a miracle to everybody, including me, that day. Teach them to love and respect women. And by loving, and you do this as a father, by loving first and respecting their mom before them. Every rapist today, with all the hue and cry in this country on sexual assault and violence, every rapist is somebody's son. And found or learnt or picked up the example somewhere. Father, when you were assaulting mom, battering her, didn't you know your son was watching? He took it a degree further. Now he rapes and assaults women because you never in his sight placed a value on women. Ephesians 5.1 Be imitators of God. Copy and follow his example as well beloved children imitate their fathers. Well beloved children love mom, but imitate dad. Everybody loves mom, but every child wants to be like dad. Know that it is a weight of responsibility. 1 Timothy 5 1 and 2. 1 Timothy 5 1 rebuke not an elder but entreat him as a father, and the younger men as brethren, the elder women as mothers, and younger as sisters with all purity. Your infidelity, he heard about, he watched you and mom quarrel over your infidelities. That's why a woman has no value in his eyes. Set a good example and your children will live it. Teach a child in the way he shall go. When he grows, he will not depart from it. Teach that child as a teacher to respect and honor the elderly and to defend the weak, poor, and destitute. Leviticus 19.32 Thou shalt rise up before the hairy hair and honor the face of the old man and fear thy God. Do you know the impact it will make on your child that somebody older than you walks into the room and you stand up and give him your chair and he sees you do it twice? Nobody will tell him that that's what should be done. The aged are to be respected. Do you know what impact it will make and it did make on me as a young child growing when my father would rebuke me for raising my voice against the house help who was older than me, yes, older than me, a servant in the house, in quotes, but I was taught by my father to respect people older than me, even though they appeared to be of lesser financial and economic means than myself. Drivers, cooks, I dared not disrespect them. We don't teach these things anymore, but that's the father's responsibility. The father is a provider in the family, 1 Timothy 5, 8. But if if any provide not for his own, and especially for those of his own house, he hath denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Now we can extrapolate this into all kinds of dimensions. Times are changing, there are problems, there are women in love with men who have lesser financial capacity than them. But men, you must provide. You must be seen to provide certain basics with responsibility. You need to work out certain dynamics in your family to make sure that you are seen as providing. And not only providing financially and materially within your capacity, supported by your wife, even if she has more to give and contributes more. But it should be done in such a way that it's not only providing materially, but that you provide leadership and vision for the family. Very important. The man needs to be the protector of the home. The Bible says in Matthew 12, 29, or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods except he first bind the strong man? It has to be that you have been neutralized before the devil can access your wife, access your children. Learn to be there to stand in the gap for them and pray for them. I have a letter from one of my daughters. It is my most treasured possession, I guess. And she wrote this while she was in secondary school. And among the things she said in it about daddy was daddy who knows how to pray for his children and stand in the gap for them. I think that's my biggest asset. I treasure that letter till today. A father needs to be the disciplinarian in the home. Where there is no law, there is no offense. Proverbs 13, 24. He that spareth his rod, hateth his son. But he that loveth him, chasteneth him betimes. Fathers, listen to that scripture. You're not disciplining a child is evidence you don't love that child. Some people have actually turned this upside down. And they say that flogging a child shows you disliking. No, it's not true. Children respect people who give them discipline. Now, this is not a case of extracting punishment out of your own pain. This is not a case of punishing a child when you're angry. It's a case of discipline. One thing I remember about, I remember about my father who flogged me until the last one was in my class five after my waiek because I disrespected my mother. I had this girl I loved. I was infatuated with. And she came around and we're playing Monopoly. My mom told me something I needed to do. And I said, Mommy, I'm coming. Three times she repeated it. And three times I said, Mommy, I'm coming. On the third time she kept quiet. When my father came back, she reported me. My father whooped me seriously. And he said, you never disrespect my wife. I learned to respect my mom from that. And I also learned to discipline also. So the father needs to be the disciplinarian. I loved him, respected him. In fact, in fact I still remember the pain of Gother canes. If you've never been flogged with a gover cane, then I think you missed something. Praise the Lord. The father that spareth the rod hates his child. Years ago, something happened. There was this girl in the branch of the church I was training in. I hadn't seen her a while, and she was always regular before that. Where have you been, Jenny? I asked her, and she told me something. I said, kneel down. And she complied dutifully, knelt down. Now, I had so many people coming in for counseling, prayers, and deliverance. I forgot she was kneeling outside my office. It was probably half an hour later that somebody said, Daddy, what did that young lady? I screamed, Jenny, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I came and asked her to please forgive me. And she smiled and went back to the church. Years later, when she had four children, one day herself, her husband, and the four kids came for Sunday service, driving two Jeeps, four-wheel drives. They were well-to-do. And they were loaded with clothes, wristwatches, gifts for me, my wife, and all our kids. And they gave me a gift, a check a very fat check. A check so fat, it actually is responsible for most of a home we have in Enugu. But she said something that day. She said, you added value to my life. And she said, the first day I came to appreciate you as daddy, I lost my father very early. And you disciplined me. You made me kneel down. That was the first time anybody had disciplined me. And that was what she remembered. That was what she remembered. That was the first impact I made on her life personally as a pastor, and I didn't know. The man that spareth the rod hateth his son, but he that loveth him chasteneth him betimes, not in anger, at the appropriate time, in the appropriate measure. A minister of the gospel, his son had played truant in school for three days. When reported to his father, his father said, three days punishment commensurate with what you did. You are confined to the loft. And three days he was to stay up there without watching TV, without doing the things you'd normally do. On the first night, the father felt so bad about the punishment, but he had given an instruction. Halfway through the night, he got up, went up to the loft, and saw his son wide awake as well. And he spent the night with him in the loft. But he spent three days in the loft in solitary confinement. But daddy was there with him. He served his punishment. But the love of a father put his father in there with him. And it made it a memorable time. But the lesson was imparted. Discipline in love. Hebrews 12 verse 8, God's word version. If you aren't disciplined like the other children... You aren't part of the family. On earth, we have fathers who disciplined us and we respect them. Shouldn't we place ourselves over under the authority of God, the father of spirits, so that we will live? Verse 10 for a short while, your fathers disciplined our fathers, sorry, disciplined us as they thought best. Yet God disciplines us for our own good so that we can become holy like him. Verse 11, Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous, but grievous. Nevertheless, afterwards it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness unto them which are exercised thereby. And this is what we deny our children of, the fruit of that discipline. They therefore live lives that are careless, Unregulated, where there's no discipline, people don't excel. In fact, a study showed that kids that were disciplined and when they could take certain snacks and so on and limited to certain kinds of food, constrained as compared to others who had no boundaries and no checks on them. Those that were disciplined in small things applied the discipline all through their lives, learned and applied it in every area of their lives. Make your bed in the morning, do this, Clean. C- c- conduct your church. Those ones had order in their lives and had far greater success than children that were brought up without lines, limits, and discipline set out for them. The parent that doesn't discipline his child hates that child. But teach this as well. Hebrews 12, 12. Wherefore, lift up the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet, lest that which is lame be turned out of the way, but let it rather be healed. Nowadays, you find this syndrome of youth who feel that somebody owes them something, and they take very poorly to discipline. It is not only important to discipline kids, but also to make sure they have the right attitude towards discipline. My father would actually make you say thank you after you were whipped. Oh yes, when he comes back to reconcile with you, and talk with you, and talk you through what you did wrong, and make sure you understand, you would end up with Daddy, thank you. And if you don't say it, it's not yet done. Nowadays, I wish kids would be taught this. It helps you have the correct balance. Praise the Lord. Mothers, please note this. Proverbs 1 verse 8 says, My son, hear the instruction of thy father and forsake not the law of thy mother. I believe that the instruction daddy gives and goes out of the house, you as the mother spending more time with the kids and they gravitate more naturally towards mommy. You keep on repeating daddy's instruction and you thereby make it a law. Daddy gave the instruction, mommy makes daddy's instruction a law. If the trumpet makes an uncertain sound you are doing damage to those kids where daddy says one thing and mommy plays favoritism or wants to go for cheap accolades from the kids at the end of the day you send a wrong message 1 Corinthians 14:8 if the trumpet give an uncertain sound who shall prepare himself to battle make sure two of you are on the same page never contradict one another. The father is the pattern of the family, and we don't know how much we are patterns unto our children. 1 Corinthians four fifteen and 16, NIV version. Never, sorry, even though you have 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, verse 16, therefore, I urge you to imitate me. The Amplified says, imitate. As well beloved children imitate their father, imitate God. Ephesians 5 verse 1, Amplified version. Kids again love mommy but want to be like daddy. If daddy plays golf on Sunday morning and plays tennis instead of going to church, guess what the kids will grow to do? Play games on Sunday morning. But if daddy takes the family to church and makes sure everybody's ready in time and you all go to church together, then that's the pattern the children will grow up with and subscribe to as they grow up. They want to go to church with mommy and that's what daddy instructs. They will do it for as long as they have to. But if daddy is the one that takes them to church, it will become a way of life. Every father shall be the high priest of his home. Job 1 verse 5 is a very good example. And it was so when the days of their feasting were gone about that Job sent and sanctified them and rose up early in the morning and offered burnt offerings according to the number of them all. And who are this them? His children, holding feasts monthly in their own homes. All independent. At the end of the time he would send for them. And personally as high priest sanctify them. Why? For Job said it may be that my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. Thus did Job continually. Watch over your children. Be priest in your home. Know this fathers. You are a progenitor. You are a source. The seed that produces a child starts its journey in the man's body. It passes under the arc of circumcision into the woman before the egg is fertilized and the development process starts and continues for nine months. Brother, please take note. Your sexual organ, therefore, is a birth canal a spiritual entryway into the earth for generations, maybe even for a tribe. So, place value on those sexual organs. Don't jump from bed to bed. Nobody wants to bring his children into a home, walking under contaminated spiritual archways. I grew up and visited the village in those days as a kid. I remember my grandfather's homestead on my mother's side. He was a big chief. And I remember this plant over the entryway. There was no physical gate, but you'd find things hanging all over that place. A spiritual gateway, no doubt. Sometimes live chickens would hang there till they die. All kinds of things. And we had to walk into the compound under those things. Now liken that picture to a man who sleeps with anything in skirts and therefore brings contamination on his lineage that they have to deal with, sometimes transgenerationally. Psalms 11 verse 3, If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? This is an entire teaching that will take me weeks. It's a deliverance issue. But I do pray that men will begin to get this message. And in case it is necessary, bring their repentance for former lifestyles that might already have in some way compromised your generations yet unborn. After all, how come the Bible says that they are gone astray from the womb, hating God? How come a child that hasn't seen life has already gone astray from the womb, contaminated probably by what the father had been involved in. Every father is a teacher and a mentor, or should so be, to his children, even his wife, his entire family. Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives even as Christ loved the church, gave his life for him. And says in verse 26 that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. That he might present it to himself a glorious church. Not having spot or wrinkle any such thing. But that it should be holy and without blemish. Washing of water by the word. Praise the Lord. Deuteronomy 6 states in verses 6 on to 9. And these words which I command thee this day. Shall be in thine heart, and thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk of them when thou sittest in thine house, and when thou walkest by the way, and when thou liest down, and when thou risest up, and thou shalt bind them for a sign upon thine hand, and they shall be as frontlets between thine eyes, and thou shalt write them upon the posts of thy house and on the gates. Look at verse seven again. Thou shalt teach these words that God commands you as a father diligently unto your children. You shall talk to them when you sit in your house. You shall talk to them when you walk with them in the way. Probably on the way to church, on the way to school, as you're taking a walk. And when you lie down and when you rise up, which means all the time, teach, teach. Teach. Let me say this to mothers. Please bring back the dining table, bring back communal meals, so much informal education goes on at the dining table. You cheat your family by not having communal meals. It could be only one breakfast because of the activities and responsibilities of each person or dinner or once a week on Sunday but fix a communal meal where in a light-hearted atmosphere you sit, no hurry, you talk, you chat and you pass knowledge informally to your children communicate continually teach all the time you are the teacher father when and where fathers abdicate these responsibilities we've mentioned and please let me go back a minute to the issue of patterns every father should be for his daughters the pattern of the ideal husband so the father doesn't lie the father has integrity the father respects mom The father speaks kindly to and treats even house helps the smallest and lowest and youngest of them with respect. The father honors his own parents, etc. The child watches and learns all these things. So any day a man comes asking for her hands, she has a yardstick, a pattern based on which to assess, is this man worth it? Does he measure up to daddy's standards? Daddy's standards should be the yardstick for any young girl to begin to assess any man that's asking for hands in marriage. It's an onerous responsibility. It should be so done that subconsciously The pattern that daddy represents has been set in the mind of the kids, male and female, and they measure the standard of anyone they associate with as friends, companions, hopeful spouses by the standards that daddy has lived. Praise the Lord. When and where fathers abdicate or deny these responsibilities, Terrible things happen, especially if no surrogate father is available. And such surrogate fathers should be there in the church because because there are those who never knew daddy. There are those who had daddies that were flawed beyond example. Praise the Lord. So the church should be the place where they can find father figures to look up to starting with their own pastor. And where there is no such figure of a father then there is the problem. Malachi states in chapter 4, verses 5 and 6, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and dreadful day of the Lord, and he shall turn the heart of the fathers to their children and the heart of the children to their fathers, lest I come and smite the earth with a curse. So where there is no father figure, curses are almost inevitable. Families need that authority figure need that example that role model and the absence of an involved father figure one involved in the upbringing of their children brings disaster in the united states of america because they keep statistical records look at these pieces of information an estimated 220 sorry an estimated 20 teens attempt to end their lives every 30 minutes in the United States of America. Minimum estimated 20. Approximately 685 teens become drug users every 30 minutes in the United States of America. Some 23 teenage girls have abortions every 30 minutes in the United States of America. Millions, nothing less than four or five million American teenagers have been treated for alcoholism in the past 20 years. They have become alcohol addicts. Over 10,000 teenagers are killed every year in drunk driving accidents. We don't know how many of them are on drugs. We don't know how many of them are into armed robbery, but the figures are staggering. Incarceration rates in America. Young men who grew up without daddy at home are far more likely to end up in jail than young men who grew up in traditional two-parent homes, even if such were poor. Suicide rates. 63% of youth suicides are found From children from fatherless homes, absent uninvolved fathers. Behavioral disorders, 85% of all children who exhibit behavioral disorders, anger, rage, and things like that, come from fatherless homes. High school dropout rates, 71%, 71 of all high school dropouts, more than two-thirds of all of them, come from fatherless homes. Educational achievement levels in families, children living in a fatherless home report lower educational expectations on the part of their parents, less parental monitoring of schoolwork and less overall supervision. Juvenile detention rate, 70% of juveniles in state-operated institutions come from fatherless homes. Identity confusion, when young men don't know whether they're male or female, and vice versa. Boys who grow up, girls who grow up in a father-absent home usually have far greater tendencies towards this kind of disorder, uh, resulting in lesbianism, homosexuality, all kinds of things. Achievements. Children from low-income two-parent homes outperform students from high-income single-parent homes almost The margin of two to one. Criminal activity. The likelihood that a young male will engage in criminal activity doubles if he comes from a father absent home and cripples if he lives in a father absent home in a high crime neighborhood. Most gang members, cultism, are products of the failure of a father in a family. Praise the Lord. Fathers, your role in a house cannot be quantified. Sisters, I say this to you, especially those of you young and thinking of getting married. Find a great man to get married to. A man who will make a remarkable father. Don't compromise on that standard. Don't just think about, I love him, he's tall, he's handsome. What kind of a father will he make? A good father is one of the most unsung, unpraised, unnoticed, and yet one of the most valuable assets in our community. So, everyone under the sound of my voice, I commend fatherhood to you. Fathers, remember you're not just bringing up a child. You're raising a new tribe. Abraham had a son of promise and another son. The biggest problems the world have today are the children of Abraham, the Islamics and the Christians, and both of us are still at daggers drawn world over. Every bomb that explodes somewhere is a result of Abraham's children whether we like it or not. You have no idea if Jesus tarries, the tribe you will raise. Make sure you invest everything the Lord has put in you, knowing that you need to raise a generation that will bring honor to the name of the Lord. And please remember this, legacy-mindedness. Teach your children to love, honor, and serve God. Because every generation... Every family, every people are just one generation away from extinction for the church. What do I mean by that? Judges 2 has this to say in verse 7. And the people served the Lord in the days of Joshua. Judges 2, 7. And all the days of the elders that outlived Joshua, who had seen all the great works of the Lord that he did in Israel. And Joshua the son of Nun, verse 8, servant of the Lord died being hundred and ten years old. Verses 9 and 10. And they buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath-Herez, in the Mount of Ephraim on the north side of the hill Gash. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them which knew not the Lord. One generation, they were serving God diligently and intently. One generation later, they didn't know God anymore. Churches had disappeared. And there arose another generation after them, which knew not the Lord, nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. When you are gone, What will be the testimony of your family and their walk with God? Today, drill. Because it is written, raise up a child in the way he shall go. When he is grown, when he is mature, when the waves and troubles of the world come at him, he will not depart from the way that you have shown him. Train that child right. Know you are investing Not just in a child, but at least in a generation and possibly in a tribe. A young man said this. Walk a little plainer, daddy, said a little boy so frail. I am following in your footsteps and I don't want to fall. Sometimes your steps are very plain. Sometimes they are hard to see. So walk a little plainer, Daddy, for you are leading me. I know that once you walked this way many years ago and what you did along the way, I'd really like to know. For sometimes when I am tempted, I don't know what to do. So walk a little plainer, Daddy, for I must follow you. Someday, when I'm grown up, You are like I want to be. Then I will have a little boy who will want to follow me. And I would want to lead him right and help him to be true. So walk a little plainer, Daddy, for we must follow you. A young man said, Daddy didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. That should be the legacy of every father to his family. I pray for fathers that the father of all fatherhood outpour upon you the grace, the wisdom, the capabilities and capacities that you require to be father indeed, not only to your children, husband indeed, to their mother and your wife, but indeed to be the progenitor the source of a generation, a godly generation, and a people that will honor the world and honor the Lord, rather, transgenerationally. In Jesus' mighty name, God bless you.
0: We pray you have been blessed by the word of God you received today. For prayers or counseling, our doors are always open. We invite you to worship with us at the Overcomers Church World Outreach. For more information on our service times and locations, please visit our website, www.overcomersgrace.org. We look forward to seeing you at our next service. God bless you in Jesus' name.